together with the uh, Mid-South leaders and the Georgia leaders uh, yesterday as well as Friday nights. Um, just had a really good time of fellowship and and learned a lot. Uh, Jim Lenahan was here and uh, spoke with, spoke to us on Friday nights uh, about relationships, and uh, it was fantastic. Um, just uh, came from that time being so filled um, uh, with uh, fellowship as well, and just just really being together. You know, we we learn a lot, and we. We try to plan some things, but I think the highlight is just being together, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm really so excited that that could have, that happened here. So uh, we're we're really excited. Um, so after our meeting yesterday, um, at about four o'clock, we ended yesterday, and uh, and got a text from my my wife asking me to tag her out of. Uh, Comic-Con with Travis, so I went and tagged in um, and uh, spent time with Travis at Comic-Con, and uh, it was it was fun. It was a good time. It was his first uh, convention, and he enjoyed it tremendously. I am happy that he nor myself nor Claudette had to dress up um, because uh, I don't think any of us are into that. Uh, but it was really fun. It was really a good time. We had a blast. Got home last night, and and uh, I was wondering why my legs felt so weak. And then I looked at my phone, and it was like 10,000 and something steps. Oh, yeah. Now, to some of you, that is like nothing because you run, you run every day. But to me, that was punishment. <laughs> But, um, but uh, I survived. I was exhausted. My wife was very gracious with me and uh, allowed me to get some rest. Um, so today, what we're going to do today is we're going to close out our series on one another and uh, one another relationships. Um, and one of the things I want us to walk away from this morning is that it's our responsibility to dwell in Christian community. Amen. Right. And uh, in doing so, we can encourage and hold accountable other disciples to follow Christ in word and in deed. Yeah. Right. And so that's what we do when we live together in community. Um, and I want to encourage us to be connected to others in the congregation, whether it be here, your local congregation across the Mid-South, across Georgia, across the Southeast even, and seek ways to encourage those who are disconnected and not living God's way. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you so much for this time together, Father. We pray that you continue to encourage us as you have been doing, continue to lift us up, God. But I pray that you expose some things in the scripture that we need to hear, Amen. Uh, that you uh, help us to internalize these things as we grow and build community, Father. Be with me. I pray that this is not my opinion. But it's right. yours, God, yeah. and your word, Father, and led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, there is uh, many of us who have experienced uh, peer pressure, right? Um, you know, the dangers of peer pressure are often discussed in schools and in the teen ministry, and rightfully so. You know, friends and peers can push individuals to do things that they never would have thought that they would have done, yeah. Right. But peer pressure doesn't have to be wholly a negative concept. Yeah. It can be a good thing. And simply ref it simply refers to the influence that a group has on those within it 
to act in a certain way. And so, in fact, in the passage that we're going to discuss today, the author of Hebrews, he calls his readers to use peer pressure on other Christians, Mm -hmm. to encourage and admonish one another, not to sin, but to righteousness. The peer pressure of Christian communities should be one of encouragement and faithfulness and hope and good works spurring one another on. In other words, it's our responsibility to bind ourselves together and hold one another up in faith and good uh, good works. Hopefully I'm doing this right. Uh, There you go. One second. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, so, by the way, that's Guinness World of... Guinness World of... Uh, world Records. That's what I'm going with. Um, so, I remember a time, right? I remember a time in my life when I felt isolated in my faith. When without supportive community around me, without without others holding me up, my spiritual growth felt stunned. The challenges of everyday life seemed insurmountable, and my faith felt shaky. You know, Travis was a newborn at this time, and he was born premature, one pound, eight ounces. And he lived on oxygen, which he we had to carry everywhere we went and we just wheeled it around with us and he had a a trach through which he took his every breath we fed him liquids liquid foods through a g-tube in his stomach he slept connected to a sleep apnea machine and a heart monitor he was happy because that was his normal he had no idea what he was going through like, you see him there, he's just like all grimps. Yeah. That's serious. Yeah. Right? He has a tra- trach on his neck, and he's just like, I'm just having a blast. <laughs> My dad's worn out, but I'm just having a blast. Yeah. Right? And, and and by the way, no, I, it's not like I had to drink or anything. That was just a t-shirt. That, okay. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like life caused me issues, and I was putting the sauce back. No. It was... That was just a t-shirt, all right? And and so, but, you know, it was amazing that he just continued to be so happy because that was normal for him. Right. And we did our best to make certain that he didn't feel the emotions we felt. Amen. It was a tough time. We felt uh, we had very little support. The faith that we relied on when God saved his life, amen, was dwindling. You know, we were amazed that God would pull him through. But when we were living in this way, our faith started to dwindle. My faith especially started to dwindle. There were times where my wife would go to church crying because I said I would not come Mm -hmm. because I felt so alone. It was a struggle. You know, many of us can relate to this. Life's challenges and distractions can sometimes pull us away from our faith. Mm -hmm. 
We often find ourselves trying to navigate our spiritual journey, feeling like we're navigating it by ourselves. But in this way, it, but is this the way that God intended for us to walk in our faith? In Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, it's going to tell us otherwise. And let's, let's take a look at it. Actually, we're going to start in verse 19. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, confidence to enter the most holy place by what? The blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is indeed faithful. Yes, he is. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Amen. Not giving up meeting together. As some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. And all the more. All the more. As you see the day approaching. Our encouragement needs to get better every day. Our encouragement is not supposed to say the same and we say, okay, well, this is an even keel right here. I'm just going to stick with this level of encouragement. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to get better on a daily basis. The book of Hebrews was written to a group of Christian, of Jewish Christians who were undergoing some serious persecution and were wavering in their faith. And the author of Hebrews offers this encouragement to those people in a number of ways including demonstrating the superiority of Christ Mm -hmm. over the law and priestly system, reminding them of God's promises and discussing Christ's sacrifice for us. And so here in Hebrews 10, the wavering people are offered additional comfort, right? And encouragement to confidently do what? Enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. But entering this place not alone with others. We don't go to this, this place by ourselves. We go with each other. You know, the author says, let us draw near with assurance and faith. Holding fast to the hope. The author of Hebrews here, he gives an exhortation to consider how to stir one another to love and good works. Not neglecting meeting together, but encouraging one another. You know, in this, we're reminded that we're not alone in times of trial. Amen. I feel like when, when Travis was born, there were people around, they just didn't understand how sure. to deal mm-hmm. with yeah. us. Yeah. We weren't alone. At the time, I felt alone, 
but we didn't take advantage yeah. of those people around us as we should have. I know I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of how alone we may think we are, we're not alone. Right. We can find comfort in one another. And we should be, on the flip side, we should be encouraging one another Amen. to live faithfully as we navigate life. You know, God, through this book, he reminds us of the importance of being in Christian community. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. There's a place we need to get to. Amen. Amen. And that place is love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. God's design is for us to be interconnected. Right. And supporting yes. and lifting each other up. He wants to remind each other. He wants us to remind each other of his promises. Yeah. And to hold on to the hope we profess. Amen. Our faith isn't just a personal relationship with God. Yeah. That's it. It's true. It's a shared experience right. with fellow believers. Right. It's one of the reasons I felt so crippled in 2005 is because I wasn't sharing that. Mm-hmm. You know, in the modern church, we can have this mentality of my faith is a private relationship. Yeah, no, with Jesus. Totally. Yeah. That no one else can understand my heart. <laughs> and no one else can speak to how I live my life. Faith and salvation are viewed purely as individualistic. Mm-hmm. And we say that sometimes, right? This is my relationship with God. This is my time with God. Don't infringe in my relationship with God. Don't butt in my relationship with God. This is mine. Not yours, yeah. mine. Mm-hmm. Come on, baby. <laughs> right? Get defensive about it. Mm-hmm. Amen. My relationship. But is that what God intended? This passage undermines that mentality. Yeah. We, yeah. we enter into the holy place of God together. We share in faith with those around us. And it is our responsibility to care for them along the way. It's not, a, it's not a, this individual relationship. This is why we're called to stir one another to love and good works. Amen. Because it matters how we approach God in community. As a community. Because if we isolate ourselves, we cut ourselves off from the benefits of shared faith. Amen. That's why I have this picture up there. You know, while the lifestyle of monks may be a foreign concept to us, mm-hmm. one of the main reasons to enter a monastery throughout Christian history was to encourage one another to live like Christ. Wow. <clears throat> Something best done in intentional community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you imagine? They joined the monastery 
to live with each other and encourage each other. All the time? All the time, bro. What? Amen. Right? Wow. That is their lifestyle. Wow. Amen. Do we carry that lifestyle? That that's what we're about as Christians, where we just want to encourage each other all the day, all the time. Come on, honey. Honey, can you grab them? Oh. Right? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Basil of Caesarea, a fourth century theologian and monk, here's what he wrote. He says, for the common life of brothers of one mind among themselves is like a kind of racetrack where progress is made by the exercise of virtue. And that's how you move forward, exercising virtue, where meditation on divine commandments shine more fully and brightly. This common life possesses in itself an image, an example, which in the Acts of the Apostles, the divine scripture applies to the saints when it says, all the believers were of one mind and held all things in common. All things. In other words, virtue and faithfulness are easier to yes. cultivate yes. and sustain when we do so in a community. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. In fact, the importance of community for virtuous living has been noticed by many. Right? Has been noticed by many in our community. Take uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. For example, oh, man. this group, which helps in recovery from alcoholism, emphasizes the value of being in community for a support system. Yeah. Yeah. Even years after alcoholics right. have stopped drinking. That's right. Years after. The importance is community. Yeah. And so there is evidence that those who have a communal support system have a much better chance at avoiding relapse than those who did not. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, J.D., you're hot. Mm -hmm. I know I'm hot, honey. <laughs> I mean, you think, at least you think so. If we fall away from Jesus, if we fall away from Jesus Christ or lose faith, it's important that we lean on community Amen. and the power of the Holy Spirit to no. support, encourage, love, give hope as we continue to seek Jesus yes. Christ. Amen. Yes. And so imagine the growth and strength you can experience when surrounded by a supportive Christian community. Yeah. Right. Come on. Yeah. Think of the encouragement and then the shared wisdom, the accountability and the love that you would feel, right? Brothers and sisters, it's time to act. Yes. Yeah. It's time to dive deeper in community. Yep. Yeah. Connect with your brothers and sisters. If you're not already, participate in family group activities. And never, ever neglect 
being together. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, every time you encourage someone, you're also being a vessel for That's God's true. love yeah. and God's grace. We have to fight this battle together. You know, in one of uh, in one of Shakespeare's most famous monologues, the St. Crispin's Day speech from Henry V. King Henry inspires his soldiers in the face of, of grim odds with a rousing speech about how the men who fight this battle with him will be forever united as brothers. Forever united as a band of brothers. And this is a king, listen, <laughs> This is a king that in this time they don't mix with peasants. But this king is speaking to peasants. And yet he's saying that what they're about to go through will unite them forever as brothers. If you can play the video. Of fighting men, they have full three score thousand. That's five to one. Besides, they are all fresh. It is a fearful odds. Oh, that we now had here. But one ten thousand of those men in England that do no work today. What's he that wishes so? My cousin Westmoreland. Now, my fair cousin, if we are marked to die, we are enough to do our country loss. And if to live, the fewer men, the greater share of honor. God's will, I pray thee, wish not one man more. Brother, proclaim it, Westmoreland, through my host, that he which hath no stomach to this fight, let him depart. His passport shall be made, and grounds for convoy put into his purse. We would not die in that man's company that fears his fellowship to die with us. This day is called the Feast of Crispian. He that outlives this day and comes safe home will stand at tiptoe when this day is named and rouse him at the name of Crispian. He that shall see this day and live old age will yearly on the vigil Feast his neighbors and say, Tomorrow is St. Crispin's. Then will he strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, These wounds I had on Crispin's day. Old men forget. Yet all shall be forgot, but he'll remember with advantages what feats he did that day. Then shall our names, familiar in their mouths as household words. Harry the King, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and Talbot, Salisbury and Gloucester, be in their flowing cups freshly remembered. This story shall the good man teach his son, and Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the world. But we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. Be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen in England, now abed, shall think themselves accursed they were not here, and hold their manhoods 
chief, while Denny speaks, that fought with us upon St. Crispin's Day! That is just... Guys, look. You are my cousins. You're my brothers and sisters. Yeah. That's right, bro. Yeah. That's right. And as we fight together, think of the scars that we're going to receive. And think of the way that we're going to talk about those scars. Share those scars, those hurts. But guess what? We do it together. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We do it with one another. This journey, this battle comes with scars. Yeah. But that's okay. You know, as Christians, we're also united. And you we're united with one another by even a stronger bond. Amen. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's even it's easy for us to forget. But the church is made up of people who have a fighting man the most important thing in common. The forgiveness of sins and our love for Jesus Christ. Because of, the, because of the work God has done in all our lives, we can embrace the uncomfortableness. Amen? Amen. But we can also embrace the love and live in community with people with whom we may naturally not connect with. Sure. Accountability and encouragement to live faithfully can be challenging and met with pushback. But we are called to exhort one another to good works and love. That means gently correcting those who are not loving. Amen. And it means living a life that exemplifies love and good works. Are you going to serve in some capacity? Invite someone from the church who haven't been, hasn't been serving to serve with you. Mm. Are you struggling to love? Ask someone who you consider very loving to hold you accountable. Mm. Above all, be connected. If we neglect community, it is easy to hide and shy away from our Christian call. By living together in church fully, you can be encouraged and give encouragement to serve God faithfully. Brothers and sisters, I call you to spur one another on. Sometimes this can be painful, though. But it's okay. And so as a church and as a community... Let's commit to drawing near to each other as we draw near to God. Let's harness the power of our collective faith and uplift every member, ensuring no one feels alone in their spiritual journey, be it here or Athens, Birmingham, Nashville, North River, Auburn, Bridgepoint. All the churches, we're in this spiritual journey together. Yeah. And by leaning on and learning from one another, 
we can move forward stronger and united in our mission to love and serve God and each other. And as a result, to God be the glory. Amen. Amen.